Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. This is Kevin Brooker. You know, we've all got had times to uh, check that bucket list as we get into retirement. Today, we're going to turn the tables and share the retirees' unbucket list. So we've got a list of things that you probably want to avoid in retirement coming up right here. You found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement. Kevin Brooker is here. I'm Steve Siddall. Kevin, uh, helping folks for more than 30 years getting to and through retirement. You'll find uh, him at silverleaffinancial.com. He's an investment advisor representative. He's a fiduciary and just an all-around good guy and a football fan. <laughs> Hey, Kevin, how's it going? Oh, oh, oh it's, it, that's right. Definitely a football. Oh, it's going very well. <laughs> yes. Anybody that's listening knows I'm a football fan. I was not happy with NBC Peacock's, you know, streaming only version last week. So I hope all the football fans speak up and tell the NFL, don't do that don't again. Don't do that again. Yeah. Well, I know people were frustrated, too, when it was only on the NFL Network. You know, games like that. Like, oh, yeah. like I, I missed yeah. a Vikings game because, yes, I'm sadly I'm a Vikings fan. The, the one they played in mm -hmm. England, uh, it was only on, on uh, uh, you know, NFL Network, and I don't have that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you know what? Uh, I sign up for the Red Zone NFL oh, Red that's a Zone good one. Every, uh, every September. I love the Red Zone. It's seven hours of commercial-free football. And so they show you every touchdown, every score from every game around the league. And uh, so I, I really like it. Um, you know, and, and that's an extra sports package that I sign up for. And then when football's over with, I, you know, I turn it, I turn it sure. back off. Cause why so, would you keep it? So <laughs> why would you keep yeah. it? Right. And, and yeah, when, when, and then when they, you know, that was the first time when they, when they did that, uh, the Kansas city game last Kansas city, Miami. And, and, uh, it's the first time they've ever made it exclusive to a streaming right. platform. And I told, you know, you know, and, and there were six games last weekend and all the other games had between 30 and 40 million people watching. And they're calling the Peacock stream a success because it was one of the biggest streaming events, I guess, in all time. And it attracted about 20 million people. Hmm. So I think you can make an argument that that cost the NFL 10 to 20 million. Yeah, I think so, too. That's a fair it, it, assessment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so I'm hoping they don't do that again. Because I told my wife, I said, 
what if they decide to do this to make exclusives with every everyone? So one is on Hulu, you know, one is on Paramount, one is on I don't know, you know, uh, Peacock. What you know what I mean? Are you, they gonna are they gonna have an expectation you sign up for six different streaming services just to watch a football yeah. game? So well, they all give you they so all anyway, give you a week free, but then what a pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Peacock was not even doing that. They weren't I everywhere. <laughs> oh no, my goodness! No, they were not. I scoured the internet. I was asking, you know, Bard. I'm asking different AI programs and saying, how can I watch this for free? <laughs> and the answer is, sorry, man, you can't. So, so anyway, that's. Uh, but, um, but you know what? You know the other thing that Bard, FYI, if anyone's using artificial right. intelligence programs, they make a lot. They make a lot of mistakes, guys. Because I asked Bard. Because usually the NFL Network, talking about the NFL Network, they usually broadcast. You know, they do a rebroadcast of the game like a day or two right. later. And so I, so I thought, you know what? I can wait till Sunday. I'll just, you know, watch it on Sunday. And everybody was saying, no, nobody else is going to have it. Well, guess what? The NFL Network did rebroadcast <laughs> it on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so uh, so the AI programs, they're not as smart as we'd like to think they are, sure. folks. Just a uh, little, little tip. But listen, this is a financial so, show. So let's I dig in. Move on. So, okay, you talked yes. about the, the bucket list. We all know what that is. We talk about it frequently. And then the unbucket list, I kind of like where this is headed. Because this year, 2024, biggest year for baby boomers turning 65. Oh, yeah. You, you know what? I am right. Me and my brother are actually bookends. I've got a brother that's 18 years older. He was born in 46, and I was born in 64. And those are those are the baby yeah, boomers. Right. Right. So so we we've got the bookends, and yeah, it's like 10,000 people every single day retiring, and that's going to continue, you know, for the next several years. And so we've we've got a very large demographic, a very large population of people that are entering retirement, you know. And and I think it's important that. You know, we, we go through and we look at some of the mistakes other folks have made, so we can try not to make those ourselves, yes. right? And, and, and one of them, you know, that we talk about, there's a misconception. You know, they, some people say it's overly simplistic financial planning to just come up with an age or come up with a dollar amount. Uh, you know, I'm actually going to say it, it makes total sense to me to come up with a dollar amount once I've gone through the numbers with somebody. You know, so in other words, we sit down and we want to create a detailed financial plan because we want to consider, you know, individual circumstances, uh, your lifestyle preferences. You know, do you want to travel a lot? And, and if you want to travel, you know, do you just hop in, hop in the car for a weekend trip, a road trip? Or are you talking about, you know, spending a month in Spain, you know, so or, or, or taking a round the world cruise or something. So obviously those are far different expenses. Um, and so what I've, what I've run into a lot of people, they look at their, you know, their monthly expenses in terms of what they want to save for. And a lot of times I have to remind them and bring up, I say, okay. So you're not going to do anything for recreation, right? You're not going to golf. You're not going to fish. You're not going to travel. And, and in most cases, that adds several thousand dollars more per year to the amount of budget that they mm-hmm. need, right? So we want to take a look at those things. And, of course, we need to factor in inflation, the dreaded inflation that nobody knows how much it's going to be. And so what we want to do is rerun scenarios. You guys might have heard of Monte Carlo simulations. Yes. And th- these are simulations that look at several different factors, different timelines, and we try to estimate the probability of success, you know, and obviously we want, to, we want to have a very high probability of success. But when you look at a lot of folks' portfolios, it'll come back and it'll tell you, you know what, you're not on track. And that tells us we've got to make some of those adjustments. So it's important that we have the plan and that we, that we have regular conversations. If anything changes in your life or if any of your goals or objectives change, if there's a major life change, you know, a death, a divorce, a job loss, uh, it's very important to communicate to, to your advisor to, to make sure 
that that doesn't impact your plan or make or to see if it does, then they have to make some of changes. Of course. Well, and again, so that's, uh, you know, obviously that's one way to, you know, avoiding the unbucket list. Um, loneliness, that's a big deal too, isn't it? It, it, you know, I think it's it's a very big deal. It's it's much bigger, I think, than most people realize. Um, you know, and and a lot of people, you know, their uh, uh, their friends come from work. You know, it's like they've got their. A lot of people say they've got their their work family. I've heard some people say, you know, my my work husband, my yep, work exactly. wife, and you know, and and so you've got your people you hang out with from from going to your job, right? And and if that forms your social network, you you want to make sure you ask yourself if that's going to continue. You know, once you retire. Because uh, especially if you're going to move, a lot of pe- a lot of times people move and that and they lose they lose their network of friends and family, uh, and they've stopped working. And so for most people, that's that's a key you know location where you meet the folks that you hang out with. The other places, of course, are churches, taking classes, going to community centers, um, things like that, volunteering. You know, so you so you want to make sure, especially if you're going to move, where you, especially if you're going to some place you don't know people. You want to make sure you sit down and put together a plan of how you're going to you're going to meet some people because otherwise it can just get too lonely because you're going to have so much more time on your hands. You want to be able to have some activities and enjoy it with some friends. If Absolutely. And we want to we want to have a fulfilling retirement. And, you know, I, I mean, again, we kind of go back to the beginning here and, and we don't want to work more longer than we have to. And I think a lot of people are planning that are planning to do that. And they just don't they, realize they could retire. Yeah, there are a lot of people that are planning that, and there's a lot of people planning to work part time into retirement. And you know, per- personally, I think that's a good plan. It's actually my plan. Um, you know, and I, th- I think if you're if you've got a job or you've got a hobby or something that generates income for you, that you can continue to do it into retirement. To me, it makes a lot of sense to do it because you can you can do it on part time. So maybe it's ten or twenty hours a week instead of forty hours a week, but you'll still be bringing in some income that can help you deal with the everyday expenses and also. Uh, put less pressure on you having to withdraw, you know, from your other investment accounts or your retirement accounts because you'll have, still have some cash flow, some income coming in. So personally, I like the idea of working part time. It's not for everybody. I know some people they say, you know what, I just want to totally check out and be completely done. That's fine. I wish you the best of luck, but I want to make sure. I want us to do everything we can to make sure you've got everything you need. And and so a lot of times, you know, we'll, I'll sit down with somebody that might be sixty two or sixty three. I ran into this, you know, just last year and, and I had to tell him after going through everything, I said, you know what? I really don't think you should retire yet. If you can just put in another year or two, it'll make a you know w- world of difference. And and I was glad that he because a lot of times people get upset when oh, I tell sure. them that, you know, because it's I don't I don't like being the bearer of bad news, but I'm I'm, I'm going to be honest well, yeah. with you. I'm not going to BS you. I'm going to be honest and I'm going to tell you if I think you should make changes or keep on working. That's what I'm going to tell you. And so I think it's important that you don't have a yes man or yes woman, whoever you're working with. Make sure it's somebody that will be objective. And if there, if there is a difficult conversation to have, make sure they're willing to have it. Because sometimes things happen that are not pleasant, but you have to address them in order to move forward. And so make sure you've got somebody that's being straight with you that you know is going to tell you, you know, right from wrong. Um, and that it doesn't lead you down the Absolutely. wrong path. And, you know, we talk about uh, the unbucket list. Uh, this one, again, I think a lot of us can find ourselves here is uh, the uh, the just-in-case retirement plan. <laughs> yes, yeah, you, you, you know what? It is, uh, um, that, that can be, that can impose some unnecessary constraints, right? And, and, and I'll tell you what happens a lot of times, you know, the just-in-case, just in uh, 
a lot of times I think people are surprised when they do retire. In fact, there's something almost 30% of the population, you know, they retired at a point in time that they did not expect. In other words, they were laid off from their job or, or, or their company moved, their company downsized, or they developed a health problem that, that didn't allow them to work anymore, or somebody in their family developed, developed some sort of problem where, they need to, where the person needs to act as a caregiver. And that can take them out, take you out of the workforce too. So it is important that you do have, you know, some other, some other uh, strategies aside for that, you know, that we want to prepare, we want to be prepared, um, you know, for the just in case. I know a lot of people do, do have anxiety about that, but I found the best way to deal with anxiety is to be fully prepared. You know, just like I know a lot of people, you know, when I was uh, younger and I, I'm sure a lot of people still do, they have like this fear of public mm-hmm. speaking and, and I did when I was, when I was like 10 or 12, but then I was getting a little bit older and I realized, you know what? I don't have any problem talking if, if I know what I'm talking right. about, right? And so if I'm well prepared, if I've studied the topic, I've studied the issue or the homework or whatever it is I have to speak about, if I, if I know the details and I'm well prepared, it's no problem. There's no fear. I have no issues at all. And so to me, that's what it comes back to is preparation. And I think it's the same thing that applies in retirement planning. Go through multiple scenarios so that we do have a course of action if things don't plan out exactly how of you course. expect them. All right. Well, that makes sense. And, and uh, to avoid that just in case. So, well, I'm gonna, <laughs> there could be a, a lot of things happening there. And, um, well, I, yes, uh, well sure. and you said, too, that, you know, when we first retire, that's the go-go years. So let's go-go and make yes. that a priority. You, you want to make that a priority because, you know, we can't take it for granted, although a lot of us do, myself included, uh, we can't take it for granted that our health is always going to be, you know, just perfect like maybe it is right now, you know, because things happen, unexpected things come up all the time, you know, but we do know that people in their 60s are much more active, um, gener- generally speaking, much more active than, let's say, people in their 70s and more so than people in their 80s. So that's how we came up with these names, you know, the, the go-go years for the 60s, uh, the go-slow years for the mm-hmm. 70s. And, and some people say the no-go years, you know, for beyond that. Um, I'm going to say they're all going to, let's just say go slow for those yeah, of two. of course. All right. You know, because I tell you what, I've met some folks that are in their 80s and actually early 90s that are still 100% mobile. I mean, you know, they don't use a walker. They don't use a wheelchair. They're, they're completely capable of getting around physically and they're 100% cogent, you know, so you can have a conversation with them and they don't ask you about what you just said two minutes ago. Uh, and, and so some people are in that position where, where they're doing very well. All right. But I think it's important to, to not assume that's going to be the case with you personally. I think you want to plan your traveling and your high activity, you know, ventures for when you're in your sixties and seventies. Um, because chances are, as time goes by, you probably, most of the people that are, that are past the age of 80 tell me they just don't feel like doing right. that anymore. So, so let's, let's do it while we're young, while we can enjoy it. And, uh, and then later on, you know, we can plan for, uh, you know, kicking back alongside. So as school. you put this plan together and, and you have the discussion about what I want to do when I first get out. And, and so if I want to, if I want to travel to see my grandkids twice a year, um, so do we put that in the plan, the twice a year, so we know that that money's there? I want to go in June, and I want to go in December. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely, it's, it's in the plan, and we want to look. We want to look at pricing. I want to know where you stay. Yeah. Do I? You know, I mean, are, are you staying with relatives that won't cost you anything, or are you staying at a hotel? And if you're staying at a hotel, how much is your hotel? So more than you should pay. <laughs> those, probably more than yeah, you want exactly. to pay. Yeah, exactly. Because they have even cheap hotels are like a hundred bucks know. a night now. And, 
you, you know, and it's a little bit crazy. Motel 6 at 120 a night. I'm like, you kidding me? So, so anyway, it's, it, it's very important to know the, and, and how long, right? How long right. do you, are you planning on going for the summer or are you just going for a week or, you know, so we want to get the details. We've got to get into the nitty gritty. Um, and because we want to be able we want to try our best to anticipate expenses. Sure. Right. And, and so one thing, for instance, a lot of people don't think about is maintenance and home repairs, you know, chan- like in Arizona, chances are at some point you're going to have to repair your roof because that sun is beating down on your roof all day, every day. And it does damage. Just look at, look at, look at a bunch of the car hoods and car roofs in Arizona. And anybody that's left here knows what I'm talking about because there's a bunch of cars that people park outside. And after a few years, the ink, the paint is literally burned wow. away. All right. And, and you can see it. Um, I, I've seen it, see it all I'm the sure time. I'm sure you do. And, and, and it does do damage. Sun, the sun is very powerful. So, when I'm, you know, and, and you want to make sure as we're putting together that budget, we don't just have enough, right? If you, if you say, you know what, Kevin, I need 600 grand and I'm going to get 6% interest and I can live on $3,000 a month. I say, all right, th- that sounds good. But what are you going to do if you need a new car or if you need a new roof? And then we and we have to have that vacation budget built in there yes. too, right? So so we we need to take care of all those things. I mean, ideally, I guess if you if you buy a brand new car right before you retire, theoretically, it should last you, um, you know. But I don't I don't necessarily recommend that, uh, you know. So we but we need to look at all these things because you know these can be significant expenses. Like in Arizona, your air conditioner unit, right, is another one. Air conditioning, heating, that that can be eight or ten grand. The roof alone could be ten grand. It could be way far sure. more than that. Uh, you know, so these things are, are definitely want to we want to have a separate budget, and I do want to include. All right, eight hundred nine seven five six seven one seven. If you want to give Kevin a call, better yet, you can just visit the website silverleaffinancial.com. Silverleaffinancial.com. You can reach out to Kevin right there. Kevin's an author. He's got a couple of different things available for you, no cost. Just just fill out a form, and there you go. That's it. That's it. Just go to the website silverleaffinancial.com. And it's right there on the homepage, five keys to successful retirement. I'm happy to email it to you. Just give me some basic, you know, really just your name and address. And I'm happy to send it to you. And there's no charge and no obligation. Uh, I do think you'll find it useful. It's pretty easy read, so please feel free to request Very it. Very good. And uh, so we're talking about things we want to avoid. We're calling it the unbucket list. Um, I like this. Don't let the market rule your budget. And it's tempting. You know, it's tempting. It. It is. Oh, my gosh, it is. You know, and that's the thing that so many people, you know, last year they were calling it FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. You know, when you see the market running or you see a stock running and, and, you know, you want to make money, too. Right. And and so so that's when that greed, that emotion of greed, the desire comes in and says, well, I want to make some money, too. But, you know, the problem with that is if, if you're if you're living off of interest, you know, in retirement or living off your portfolio. In other words, if you're taking regular withdrawals from your portfolio, the question is, what are you going to do when it goes down? All right. It's not a problem when it's going higher. That's easy. Right. If things just keep going higher, it, it, life is much life is easy. It's when they go down. What do you do? And is it the start of a big downtrend or, you know, is or is it just a short term correction? And so to me, one of the things that I don't like about it is the anxiety or the stress that it causes. If you're a person that, you know, if you're living, if you've got a million dollar portfolio and you're doing the 4% withdrawal, you know, the rule of thumb is 4%. So if you've got a million dollar portfolio, the theory is that you could take out $40,000 a year and that that portfolio has a very high probability of lasting you, you know, indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the risk though, Steve. 
the risk is that you retired in, let's say, 1999. You left a whole bunch of money in the stock market, and then 2000 comes around, and it crashes, and it goes down again in 01, and it goes down again in 02, and by the end of 02, you've lost half your money in that portfolio. So now your million dollars is a half million dollars, all right? So now if you want to live off of that 40 grand a year, you need to be taking an 8% withdrawal rate. And there, I don't think there's any advisor that's going to tell you an 8% withdrawal rate is going to last because what's going to happen is you're going to run out of money. The problem, the problem with what we call sequence risk, which is talking about don't let the market rule your yeah. budget because you kept your money invested, that leads to sequence risk, which is the risk that you have to withdraw money from your portfolio when it's going down in value. Because if it's dropping 4 or 5% and you're taking out 4%, you know, you've just reduced that thing by 9 or 10%. Holy cow. And if that happens a few years in a row, you might have a very big So how problem. do we avoid that, right? Kevin? What do we do in, as far as putting a plan together? How do we know we're not going to suffer from that? You, you know, it, 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 my opinion, the best thing to do is let's set up your income sources from things that are guaranteed. It could be, it could be a bank CD. You know, I mentioned I mentioned 6% interest a minute ago. I can still get 6% guaranteed. I can get it guaranteed for three years or for five years, actually for seven years or 10 years too. So if, if 6% is a number you're comfortable with, if a 6% earnings rate is enough that you can live the life you want to live and it can get you where you want to be, then I'm going to ask you, why are you taking a chance of losing money in the stock market? Yeah. All right. I, th- I, think, stock mar- I think the stock market is to accumulate wealth. It's not to provide income. It can, all right? But in my opinion, it's a tool to accumulate wealth. I think for personally for income, I think the best, you know, I mentioned before, if you have $600,000 and you put it in an investment that's got a guaranteed rate of 6%, then you've got 36,000 in interest coming off annually, which is 3,000 a month. And so if you can live off 3,000 a month, you can do that risk-free in that scenario, right? Now, your risk is going to be what we call reinvestment risk. If you did it for five years and now the interest rates go down, that's, that could be a different type of problem, all right? But, but the issue is, um, in my opinion, you want to have guaranteed sources. So personally, I like having some fixed interest, some guaranteed, guaranteed interest like T-bills or, or treasury notes or, short, or fixed annuities that I mentioned are paying 6% right now. And that's guaranteed with no fees. Boy, that just, no fees, no That risk. just seems to be such a comfortable thing to hear. And, and to, I mean, again, that, to me, investing in that, buying an annuity like that, that, boy, you talk about confidence. I, you know what? I, I, I like the idea because I don't want my clients to have to worry about, worry about really, anything, yeah, really. Of course. And, you know, and I know that when I'm retired, I don't want to worry about anything either. That's what I'm looking forward to, is to not have to worry exactly. about anything anymore, right? You know, and, and so, so my plan is to use guaranteed vehicles like annuities or guaranteed interest payments to generate the income that me and my wife need in retirement because I know it's going to be there and it's going to last and, it's, and there's no risk of it going down. Whereas living off a portfolio of stocks and bonds, obviously you've got risk. In fact, stock, the S&P 500 index has an average volatility of 17%, Okay. In, in, in a statistical world, we call that standard deviation, mm-hmm. all right? That means in an average normal year, the market will go, has a range of 17% from its top to its bottom throughout the year, within the year, okay? 17%. So just by that, that, what that tells me is that everybody in the stock market should be fully comfortable 
with a 17% drop from wherever you are because historically that's normal, all right? Remember, it can drop much more than that, 20, 30, 40, 50%, right? We saw that in 2001 and two. We saw it again in 07 and 08. And so the risk with keeping your money in the market, if you're going to live off it and use it for income, that's your risk. It's sequence risk. It goes down and you still have to draw. The answer is you want that to be optional. So if you're living off of money in the market, when the portfolio goes down, stop withdrawing, right? Just let it come back. And that's, so the question becomes, could you do that for two, three, four years if you had to? And so that's the discussion we want to have. And we want to figure out my preference is to look at a portfolio. If somebody's got a million dollars, then maybe I'll split it three ways. Maybe I'll keep a third in stocks and bonds. Maybe I'll put a third in guaranteed income annuities and maybe another third in some other vehicles that'll diversify me even further. All right. Guaranteed set rate of interest, maybe. All right. I think it's a smart idea to have to have an or in, in, in each pool, if you will. All right. Because they're going to perform differently. I think stocks are good for long term to to uh, address inflation, you know, but I don't think it's a good idea to, to use that for income unless you have the ability to turn it off when things yes. go down. Yes. All right. Well, again, folks, if you want to know some more, just visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Kevin would be happy to, to have a conversation. The, as, so as this plan gets, to get, gets put together and, and we're talking about unbucket lists or things we want to avoid, uh, and one thing that we do avoid way too long sometimes is putting together that estate plan. Yes, it, it is. And that can really be a mess if you pass away unexpectedly for your heirs, um, especially if everything is not properly titled. If you don't have everything, uh, if every account you have and every asset you have doesn't have designated beneficiaries, um, you know, they're obviously still alive and well, uh, you know, then you're going to have a problem because that could force those things to go into probate, which can take, can, it's possible it could take years to resolve and it could cost a lot of money. And so, I do think it's very important not not just to uh, not, not just documents to handle the transfer of assets, um, but it's also you know you, and you can do those by the way. Everybody does not need an estate plan. I know there's a lot of attorneys. There's a lot of people that say everybody needs an estate plan. Uh, I beg okay. to differ. All right, there's a lot of cases where an estate plan will will help up very very well. All right, especially if you have a, if you have a special needs type of situation. Um, but there's also other ways to do things. For instance, you can use a transfer on death form, which is generally free. Um, you could use that to transfer assets, which is a legal instrument to do that, and it doesn't, and it won't cost you the expense uh, of an estate plan. So just make sure you check out the possibilities, other alternatives, before you plunk down thousands of dollars, you know, for a trust account. All right. With regard to estate planning, though, you also want to look at your powers of attorney. Okay. Like myself and my wife, I set those up, and you can do it yourself if you're comfortable online. There's legal legal websites you can do it yourself that'll save you a lot of money, or of course you can go through an attorney. But I think everybody needs to have a power of attorney for healthcare, so that if you get in an accident and there's medical decisions that have to be made, somebody else, somebody is there to do it, right? So that if you have, if you have a desire, for instance, I had some family members that uh, they wanted the DNR, which in the medical world is do not resuscitate. Yes. Okay, that was their choice. That's what they wanted, and so we, we want to make sure that there's a person that has the authority that knows what your wishes are, so they can be executed properly, right? The best way to do that is with a power of attorney for healthcare, and you should also have a power of attorney for finances as well, so that somebody can handle your investment accounts, your bank accounts, whatever else you might have. They've got legal authority to do that uh, in, in order. Maybe if you're incapacitated, you'll need somebody like that to help you pay the bills. So it's important to set these up while we're young and able 
so that they're in place uh, if something happens that you're that you're not able to not able. One of the things we want to avoid as well is uh, supporting our capable children. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, that's a pet peeve of uh, mine. Yeah. This this one kind of drives me nuts because I it, it's it has continually surprised me throughout my adult life throughout my career of how many adult parents are continuing to help out and subsidize and support their fully capable adult children. And uh, I, I, I would really just like everybody to prioritize your own financial well-being first. You're obviously older. You're obviously much closer to retirement. And, and so the child should be, they should be working, taking care of themselves. They should probably be helping you out as you get closer to retirement, right? And, and so I think it's important that you consider your own needs and lifestyle when you're managing assets. Take care of yourself first. You know, think about the plane when you get on and you're taking, getting ready to go on a flight somewhere. They go through the safety instructions and they talk about, you know, if the plane loses oxygen, then the oxygen mask is going to fall down from the ceiling. And if you're with somebody else, if you have a, if you're a parent with a child, put the mask on yourself first so that you're able to help of your course. child. Yes. Right. So take care of yourself first so that you're able to take care of them. I think the same thing applies with finances. I know it's a very difficult emotional issue. I saw it in my own family. Um, but it sometimes, sometimes you just have to say no. And, and I think it's important that, uh, that, that you do that preferably at a younger age. So they're not 35 asking, still asking you for help. <laughs> That's really sad if you are. Um, so before we run out of time, Kevin, I want to talk about the market this week and, and it's been, it's been relatively a good week and, and, you know, we're beyond the middle of January at this point. Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, you know what? This market has continued to surprise surprise most everybody. Um, it's been a very resilient market. We had a great year in 23, obviously a horrible yeah. 22, uh, you know, but but we're off to a good start. The first couple of days of the year weren't that good. Um, but but, you know, a lot of these big tech stocks are continuing to move. We saw another upgrade of Apple this week, uh, which has definitely helped the market. I think it was B of A, Bank of America um, analyst upgraded uh, Apple stock. And there's a lot of negative rumors swirling around, but you guys might know Apple is the biggest piece of the index. Uh, it's a market-weighted index, so the biggest companies have a heavier weighting than the smaller ones. So uh, with Apple being as large as it is, we've, been, we've had a fight lately between Apple and Microsoft, whichever one is the biggest. They're kind of neck and neck these days. Uh, but that's what's happening in terms of pulling the market up later on in the week. And then, of course, NVIDIA yes. and on the tech side. NVIDIA, you know, and in full disclosure, I do own some NVIDIA um, and it's been a fun ride. I keep saying, and the thing is, you never own enough of a stock going higher. And um, NVIDIA looks to me like it's going to continue to go. Um, and so that's been pulling NASDAQ. But be aware of the valuations, guys. A lot of these big tech companies, the valuation is far, far higher than their historical average. And it, that doesn't mean they've got to drop anytime soon. But when they do start to drop, that's what everybody's going to be talking about, all right? And they'll be kind of like, well, why'd you buy it up there, all right? So make sure you, you're taking a look at it. If you are buying a new position and when a stock's trading at a high, maybe just buy a third of whatever you want to have. If you want to have, you know, I don't know, 3,000 shares, just buy 1,000 now and kind of leg into it over the next month or couple of months so that you don't get stuck buying it at, it, at its absolute peak. By doing it that way, if it, if it falls back down, you'll be able to buy it at a cheaper price. All right. But overall, Steve, I think I think the market looks good. Uh, it, the, I believe earnings are going to continue to surprise to the upside. And I believe earnings are the biggest earnings surprises, I believe, are the biggest driver of winning stocks. And so I think earnings look good. 
Um, inflation is continuing to come down. I think if there's any one surprise out there, it's going to be that we're not going to get as many interest rate cuts as the market is priced in. And I think if that should start to uh, appear to be more of a reality, that could cause a headwind for okay. the market. So, I mean, you know, it's, there's always a headwind somewhere, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, when it comes to the yeah, market. There, yeah, there's, there's always a headwind and there's always a geopolitical risk. You know, that, that uh, the big one these days is, is whether China is going to make a move to invade Taiwan. Um, that's one that uh, I'm hoping does not happen in my lifetime, but uh, the rhetoric coming out of there is, is concerning. Um, and of course, you've got the situation in the Middle East, you know, and, and Ukraine and Russia. So there's a lot of things going on in the world uh, that can wreak havoc on the, on the stock market. We have had a really good run, so I am a little bit nervous. I'm, I, I, you know, I, I'm still holding some cash for a lot of clients as well as for myself. Uh, with the hopes that we do see a drop. I'm hoping we could see a 5 or 6% drop. But right now, it doesn't look like it wants to mm. give us one. Um, so I would stick with your long-range plans. I would also try to have a little dry powder on the side that, that if we do have a little bit of correction, you can step in and take advantage of it. Well, that seems like a great way to uh, you know end this podcast. What do you think? Uh, I think that sounds like a plan. So, guys, I hope you find it helpful. Look forward to you next week. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.